Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. Welcome to the Jennifer LeClaire Show. I'm interviewing some awesome guests and sharing personal insights along the way to stir your faith. Hope you enjoy it. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. All right, guys, it's that time again, another episode in this series, which I think is extremely, extremely pivotal. And I'm bringing on to share, you know, guests that that I know. I'm not just bringing on anybody because they may be an expert. I'm bringing on brothers, sisters, friends. Why? Because we've walked together and we understand what these things look like when they manifest. We track with each other. And these dynamics are just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And so in just a moment, I'm going to bring on my my brother, my friend, my special guest, uh, Prophet John Veal. But before I do, I want to give you a couple of instructions. I need you to begin to share this to every group, every page, uh, every timeline that you can right now. Start watch parties, do what you have to do to get the message out. Because as I've been saying, and I mean it, this could help you avoid derailing the next 10 years of your life. The prophetic witchcraft coming against you, you might not discern it, you might not see it, but it will have an impact on you even more so if you do not discern it. And we want to break free from this today. That's why I brought on my guest today is because he's a an expert in deliverance as well. We want to break free from this today. We want to educate you. We want to inspire you. We want to inform you. We want to really, I want to make some of you mad with the devil. I want to just provoke you to righteous indignation because prophetic witchcraft should offend you. It should offend you. It should offend you. So share, share, share. I'm sharing it uh, to all my groups here. And we're going to get started with this. I want to bring on Prophet John Veal. He and I have been friends now for a long time. He's a man of integrity. Uh, He really needs no introduction. Many of you follow his ministry. He's in Chicago. And I want to let him come on for just a moment, tell tell him a little bit about himself. 
uh, and, you know, share what he's doing. And, you know, he, I know he's writing new books and stuff. And, and then we're going to begin our, uh, our Q&A uh, on prophetic witchcraft. So, Prophet, take it away. Praise God. So, so glad to be on with you, my, my good friend, Jennifer LeClaire. Just so excited about your book. It, it's simply awesome. I'm just excited that you're talking about this topic. Um, I'm Prophet John Veal, the senior pastor of Enduring Faith Christian Center located in Chicago, Illinois, the author of Supernaturally Delivered and Supernaturally Prophetic. Uh, I, I just, I'm just so excited about this topic. I'm just so excited that more exposure is coming to the body, that we're talking about hard subjects. We're talking about subjects that will help people get free. I'm just really, really, I, I just feel God all over this and I, I just feel the anointing. I know some people may get upset, may get mad, but some people may get free, as you said. So I'm believing that more people get free than mad. And I said, sometimes getting angry is the first and getting angry is the first thing uh, that happens before deliverance. So I believe a lot of deliverance will take place tonight. I agree. That's what it's all about. You know, you can't break free from a thing that you don't see. You know, if you don't know there's an issue, how can you get deliverance? I mean, God can do things sovereignly. We both know that. But, you know, it wasn't until somebody in my church many years ago told me, um, you know, 20 years ago, the, the prophet in the church said, you know, Jennifer, you've got a spirit of fear. I didn't mm. know I had a spirit of fear. I knew I had fear. I didn't know I had a spirit of fear. So I walked around with that spirit since I was a kid because nobody ever educated me and told me this is that. And I couldn't right. discern what it was, but it was ruining my life. So prophetic witchcraft is the same way. You might not discern it because some of these guys, I mean, they're slick, they're smooth. Uh, they are charismatic and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it's easy to fall for it. I think we've all fallen for it at one point or another, one way, shape or form. Um, but I want to start with the same question. And we're going to get into other topics than the last broadcast speakers did. But I want to get in um, with the first question is, how would you describe prophetic witchcraft uh, to people who are saying, OK, what is she talking about? Because I actually had a witch on Amazon and she commented on my book and said, we're, 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 we're witches. We don't care nothing about you. I, I said, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about you. No, I'm not talking mm-hmm. about you. So how <laughs> would you describe prophetic witchcraft? Right. I think it has a lot to do with control. I think that anyone using the prophetic to control someone, that's definitely witchcraft. The Bible says uh, witchcraft. I mean, rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. Witchcraft is like rebellion. So a lot of times, a lot of people are utilizing prophetic words to control people. They may prophesy. Uh, if you leave this church, you're going to die. Or if you go here, you're going to get a divorce. This is what's happening so often within the body. And it's not a true reflection of the prophetic. So prophetic witchcraft would be simply using the prophetic to, you you know, utilize some kind of unnatural control over people. And like just saying, if you don't do this, this is going to happen. You're kind of almost fleecing people. So I do believe that there's a lot of it going on in the body. There's a lot of so-called prophets that are guilty of doing this. And I believe that repentance is coming to the body and it's time for the Micaiahs, those that will speak the truth to power, to rise as never before. That's a great definition. It is so much about control. They want something from you. You know, I always say uh, when someone when someone flatters me, I know they're doing that because they want something from me. I mean, sometimes people haven't seen me in a long time and they'll be like, oh my gosh, you look so good, you've lost 10 pounds. It's like, uh, no, honey, I've gained 15 pounds. Like, who are you trying to fool? What do you want? You right. know, you, you know me. I would rather you just come out and ask me for what you want. And, and right. if I can give it to you, I'll give it to you. There's no need yeah. to try to control me with some kind of, you know, witchcraft. Or, mm-hmm. And it's not all witchcraft, but it, but it is an issue. 
and sure. and I think you're you're right. It's rising the body of Christ. But but you've been part of the prophetic movement for a long time. So I mean, how long have you been operating in the prophetic now? Pretty much all my life. I mean, in terms of the church, probably 2009, where I really really uh, dove into it head first, and then in 2013, the Lord really emphasized or highlighted the prophetic within the spirit realm and, and just told me, look, study the prophetic. And so I intensely studied it from that point on. But ever since I was a kid, I could prophesy. Ever since I looked yeah. God and I didn't understand it. And what happened was basically people were afraid of me because I could tell them about their past. Mm-hmm. I could tell them about their present. I could tell them things I didn't even know. I was afraid of myself because I really didn't <laughs> understand how I knew. I said, like, is this a demonic gift? Is this witchcraft? I mean, is this God? And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if this is not of you, this gift is not of you, take it from me. I don't want it because I didn't want anything that was demonic or even uh, related to witchcraft. Yeah. 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 That's the thing. I mean, first time when I got born again, I was, you know, it was about 20 something years ago. And when I got born, I was immediately introduced to a prophet and I was immediately introduced to a false prophet. So Mm -hmm. I think that that was like, you know, part of the Lord's plan. Cause literally I got saved in jail, right? Falsely accused of a crime I didn't commit, but I was in the Christian ward, got saved in jail, was in the Christian ward and the prophets would come in and prophesy to the women in the, in the Christian ward. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I never knew there wasn't such a thing as prophets, but then as soon as I got out of jail, I went to a church um, and, and the guy was a false prophet and I knew mm-hmm. it was a false prophet. So God has sort of exposed me to all this for so long. And I think that's part of why I have a mandate you know, that Jeremiah one ten mandate to root it out, tear it down, throw it down and destroy it right. uh, because, it uh, because it is an issue. Yeah. But I wanted I wanted you to share your background there and mine a little bit, too, because what I don't want to see happen is for people to be afraid of the prophetic. Um, right. I don't want people to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I, you know, Absolutely. God told Elijah, there's seven thousand that have about a need of uh, bail. Or kissed right. his face. So, yes. I mean, the, the prophetic is flourishing. And I know you've got a prophetic church. You're there in Chicago, one of the lighthouses uh, in that region and, you know, doing such a great job with it, raising up prophets. I mean, your book, Supernaturally Prophetic, um, really was a service to the body of Christ. So um, thank you for that. Hey, yeah. man, well, I, I told and thank you, Jen. I, I totally agree. I mean, um, there's so many things that bother me about the prophetic that's going on right now. I mean, I see so many Facebook prophets getting on and and they're saying all kind of great things. Yes. I mean, we can say great things and great encouraging things. I believe First Corinthians 14 and 3 says that the prophecies should be used to edify, exhort and comfort. You know, I hope exhort mm-hmm. edify and comfort. So I, the thing about it, yeah, we have that mandate, but we also have a mandate to confront. We have to be Micaiah's. If we look at First Kings 22, Micaiah was one that spoke the truth to power. But guess what? What was so amazing about Micaiah is that initially when he was called in, he said what the other 400 false prophets said in terms of King Ahab not dying in battle. And and he allowed peer pressure to come on him to say what everybody else says. And I believe that's what's happening within the body. A lot of times these prophets or emerging prophets have so much peer pressure on them that they're afraid Mm -hmm. to lose hard words. They're afraid to lose words that are corrective, uh, words that will help uh, uh, to discern prophetic witchcraft within the body. And I think that we have to become more like Micaiah in that way to speak the truth. But again, Micaiah was flawed in that in that arena, in that in that time, you know, because he said what everybody else said. But when he was pressed by King Ahab, he ended up telling the truth. And I believe what you're doing and what you've been doing with uh, discerning prophetic witchcraft is really pressing prophets to be honest, to tell what thus saith the Lord. Because if, if there was ever a time we need to hear the voice of God, the time is now. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the whole thing with the coronavirus and really yeah. that seems to have taken, I think that was a real demarcation because, and, and, and I've said this, I said this on another broadcast somewhere, not, not in one of these, but in another one. I just feel like you would think that the spirit of the fear of the Lord would fall upon these gumball prophets where, you know, (laughs) (laughs) where they just spit out, you know, you put a quarter in their mouth and they spit out a a prophecy. You would think that after COVID, they wouldn't continue to, and I, I, and believe me, there are, there are more good guys than bad guys. And a lot of this is just immaturity. This is, these are not false prophets. They're immature prophets, but you would think that they would stop the, the manufacturing of this dribble that we're seeing out there on Facebook. I mean, I'm all about encouragement. I love that. But I mean, you know, like, like in the middle of a world crisis, they're wanting to say, well, an angel is going to come and stand at your door and, <laughs> and light a fire. And people, you know, I mean, this is like, really? I mean, you know, so I think that we really in this moment have to almost take a new look at the prophetic and say, you know, did we stray from our original purpose, which is to equip the believers for the work of the ministry as come much on if not more than prophecy. And that's why I love about you is because you're also an equipper. You don't, you don't just prophesy. That's good. And same with you. I mean, I, I was reading some of your posts and it referenced that. And I totally agree. I, I, God is not a light and fluffy God. So when God speaks, sometimes he's angry. Sometimes he, yeah. he's happy, you know, so he speaks differently. And I think there's a way to encourage people and still include, you know, those things that will challenge them, those things that will cause them to raise up or raise their water level within the prophetic. So I'm one that 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 believes that, you know, it doesn't it can't always be light and fluffy. We have to challenge some sometimes. And again, that's what I love what you're doing right now. You're equipping them. Your 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 book is phenomenal and it's gonna help them to really, really see. Another word for discern is to see, to really see prophetic witchcraft. Uh, uh, as yeah. they've never saw before, because God is not going to just give you everything you want. He's not that type of uh, father. He's a good father and a good yeah. father would not spoil their kids. And that's the truth. Guys, get the webinar, get this, get the book at school of the spirit TV. And um, yeah, it's really going to help you because, you know, the $15 for a book or whatever it is, um, that could literally save you like thousands and thousands of dollars cash money and the heartache that you, you know, experience yeah. Because, you know, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yes. And, and I'm concerned with with with, you know, so many of the prophecies that, you know, they're not even being prophesied directly to them. They're mm-hmm. being prophesied just generally. It's just a general right. word. And there's right. nothing wrong with that, except that some people will ha- hook onto that general word yes. and really, you know, I'm taking this for me. I'm taking this for me. And you can take certain things for you if it bears witness. But right. if you're just grabbing it because it sounds good and you're just hoping right. it's for you then you're getting your heart broken, you know, time after time. And then you start not believing in the prophetic. That's Mm -hmm. one of my biggest issues here is I don't want people to stop believing the prophetic just because all these Facebook prophets words didn't come to pass. I mean, I know you see this stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I had a member of my church years ago, uh, kept, he got a word from a prophet that he and his wife were going to have a baby. It never happened. And so every time I have a prophet come to the church, he did not want to come. He was like, oh, I'm going to stay home today, you know, because he just get gotten so uh, disgruntled with the prophetic in itself. And, and in one case, it, I got to tell you this. There was a guy that was at this church and it's a friend of mine's church. And the Lord spoke to me before I went to the church. He told me, he said, he's going to give you a word and the word is going to be off. You know, he told me that. Just, wow. just told So I went there. And I'm like testing God, right? I'm going to see if this really is going to happen. So I go in there and he did exactly what the Lord told me. He calls me up 
And so he starts saying this word and this word was so inaccurate. It was so false. But then right after that, he tells me I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to get a million dollars. I was so, it grieved me so. And I allowed this person to lay hands on me, which was a big mistake. And I was wrestling with something all night long. I mean, something, just a spirit was trying to you know come upon me and I had to fight and pray and, and, and get before the Lord. And it finally left. It got off me. But we have to be careful with who we allow to speak into our lives. We have to be careful with who we allow to lay hands on us. So many people are so quick to go to a prophet because they have an encouraging word. But is that prophet really from God? Deuteronomy tells us, uh, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it says if a prophet tells you something that doesn't come to pass, and I'm paraphrasing, you don't have to be afraid of that prophet. That yeah. same prophet was presumptuous. So I believe we have a lot of presumptuous prophets. They're not necessarily false, but they're presumptuous because God will give them a word and they'll add to that word. You know, they'll, they'll add their mm-hmm. own opinions and what they get in their spirit, you know, that's not from God and add it to a true word and it makes them off. And that's a super important distinction. And Bishop Bill Hammond makes that distinction there's there's the true, there's the fault, but there's also the immature and the presumptuous. Yes. You know, part of the problem we're seeing in the prophetic today is that there there historically has not been enough equipping. Now, you know, I know that we both are, you know, working with leaders and, and have for years that are equippers. So we've been blessed because we've been actually equipped properly. But a lot of churches, for example, they don't even teach people how to hear the voice of God. Um, they don't teach discernment. Um, they certainly don't teach, you know, prophetic protocols. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that is part of this reset that everybody's been talking about the prophetic reset. I think, right. I don't know who started, I think it might've been Dutch, that Dutch Jesus started talking mm-hmm. about that. We've mm-hmm. got to see more equipping because that would Absolutely. like really cause people to, you know, catch on to some of this stuff. So Absolutely. they would know. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. But see what happens is like, you, I think a lot of people are looking at draw. I, mean, I think even a lot of prophets are looking at that. Sometimes you have to have something to pull the people in, to pull them engaged, engaging yeah. titles. You know, they call it clickbait or whatever. And sometimes, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't want to be trained. I was at a conference in Arizona some years ago and I said, would you rather me prophesy or activate you? And the majority of people wanted me to prophesy to them. See, a lot of people mm-hmm. wow. are, are lazy in a sense because the Bible says, watch the, ans- watch the way of the ant thou sluggard. You know, so I think what happens is that they it's almost a Burger King, like a Burger King mentality to have it your way. They want it their way. But see what we what they need to do and what a lot of people need to do is get equipped, get trained, get to understand the prophetic, because a lot of times their their view of the prophetic is skewed because they don't have any uh, a whole lot of real knowledge about the prophetic. I'm not saying everyone, but there are a lot of people that don't study it and don't want to be trained, don't want to be taught. They want to be entertained. And that's a problem. Yeah, I'm wondering where you think this culture came from, because I get Facebook messages, you probably do as well, you know, woman of God, go to the throne room for me and let me know what the Lord is saying about my life. And, you know, where did this, where did this culture, like, how did we end up this way? Is it because, you know, when the prophetic, I'm just like talking out loud here, is it, it, could it be because when the prophetic movement first launched, there was only a few prophets um, what, what, why do you think? Cause I mean, it's so prevalent. I can't, especially when I go to other nations, I mean, they, they just, they just, uh, I went to an Asian nation and they mobbed me. Like, like actually they had the people to pull me out from, from it's the awesome. crowd. Yeah. It's so awesome. but why, <laughs> why do you, I know I felt like a rock star. Why, you know, you are. Why, you're right. Why, you're right, man. 
Right. <laughs> oh, jeez. But uh, <laughs> where is this coming from? Like, wh- what is this culture of you know the prophet has to prophesy and you know give me word, give me word, give me word. Well, First Samuel sixteen seven. This is dropped in my spirit earlier. It says, "But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh at the outer appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart." So what I'm thinking is that a lot of times is that that these people can look the part, they can act the part, they can speak the part, but God is still looking at. The heart. He's looking on the inside of them. Wow. And I believe there are a lot of disqualified prophetic voices. They have disqualified themselves because they prostituted their gift. And that's the problem. That's the issue. They, they're doing it for hire. And so a lot of people have gotten to a point where I talked about laziness before. They want us to do all the work. I get those all the time. Can you go to mm-hmm. the throne with me? Can you get a word for me? No, you go to your Bible and get a word for yourself. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting a hundred messages and everybody, I can't do all that stuff. And then yeah. some people want to manipulate by their giving. They'll, they'll give you money and then expect, okay, well, you got to mm-hmm. speak to me or you didn't respond to me. A good friend of mine sent me a text and somebody sent him about giving them some money and mad because they, he didn't, they didn't respond in terms of their messages. So we have to, they had to understand we're only one person, right? We're, yeah. we're only one person. So you can't do everything. But again, it's that Burger King mentality, that have it your way mentality, where they don't want to go to God for themselves. The greatest prophetic uh, 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 avenue is the scriptures, is, is the Bible. I need a word. I'm going to the Bible or I'll go to God for, my, for myself. And that's what people need to learn. They need to be able to go to God for themselves and not be dependent on fallible man or fallible women, because we can miss God. We can tell them something. I mean, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It, it can happen. So why not go mm-hmm. to God for them? For yourself. And the thing is, they need to be taught. They need to be trained. That's the most important thing. That is the bottom line. You know, I think some of the stuff that's going on is so blatant that most people would, um, they would, they would easily recognize it. Um, but some yes. people still don't like the money thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, the cash app profits, there's a certain Facebook group and I'm not going to name them because last time I did, I got a death threat and I'm not afraid of oh. them. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I, I'm trying to even think of their name, but, um, they have a Facebook group and they're like the money profits. Yeah. And, and so somebody, somebody sent it to me Mm. and they were like posting the screenshots of all the people that were sewing, you know, Mm. you know, a thousand dollar seed, a hundred dollar seed. Thank you for the blessing. Thank you for the breakthrough. Somebody sent it to Mm. me and I posted it and shared it on my Facebook. You can find it on there somewhere. And they started sending me death threats. So that's kind of obvious. Um, you know, where it's money, 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 but there's a lot of stuff that's not as, as obvious. There's more subtle forms of prophetic witchcraft. I think that's where we, that's where we don't necessarily always discern it. I mean, what are, what are, can you, can you think of one or two examples of something that's maybe, you know, a little harder to discern, especially for the believer, maybe not for you, but for someone that, you know, some subtle, more, more subtle things. Um, cause the money thing's easy. I, th- I, th- I think that people mistake charisma for the anointing. That's a big problem. Ooh, Mistaking yeah, charisma right. for the anointing. So, so there's a lot of charismatic speakers. They're more stronger at motivational uh, speaking than at being actual prophets. So I think discernment is a big thing. As you talk about in your book, discernment is a big thing that we have to utilize in terms of who we listen to. I don't listen to everybody. I don't go to every Facebook mm-hmm. live that I see and jump on and listen to these people. I mean, I'm very, very discerning and very, very careful with who I lend my ear gate to or my eye mm-hmm. gate. So the thing about it is that I think what we have to do, we have to really pray and be very, very discerning in terms of who we listen to. Uh, I was real resistant to putting up any kind of cash app or anything. I used to talk mm-hmm. about people 
for Cash App. But once we kind of shut down our church and we had to do do it on Facebook, I started putting my Cash App. But I, I get oh people, yeah, I put my Cash App. Yeah, right, yeah, right. So I used to have that, but I had to repent to the church. I told the church, "Look, I'm sorry. You know, I was talking crazy about this stuff, but we have to do it." But yeah, I mean, I think that that is very, very important. We have to be really, really mindful and careful about whose voice we, we give ear to because um, the devil can prophesy as well. The prophets in the Old Testament, they prophesy. In, in fact, that's where we get, thus saith the Lord. See, a lot of people will prophesy and say, thus saith the Lord, but I don't always do that if I'm not sure God said it. And I refer back to Paul in the book of Corinthians, how he said, well, some things he said, this is God speaking. Other times he said, this is me speaking as a representative of the Lord. So I believe as a representative, we can speak on his behalf. So I'm real, real careful about that. But back in the Old Testament, the false prophets would, would speak on behalf of their God. Thus said yeah. Astro, thus said Baal, you know, whoever. So yeah. that's where we get that. And a lot of prophets just automatically do this. But what if God didn't say it? And you get up before God and God tell you, I never said that. Why do you keep saying I said it? I didn't say it, you know. So that's it. Well, that's that's the whole thing, you know, with me is the one thing I was on Ryan Johnson's podcast today. Oh, yeah. And oh, um, yeah. And he's, you know, asking me, well, you know, what why do you do? Why? How do you why do you keep going? Like so much warfare, so much betrayal, so much, you know. And I said, well, it's, it's the fear of the Lord. Not like I'm afraid of the Lord, but he told me to do the things I'm doing. So to mm -hmm. stop doing the things I'm doing would demonstrate that I do not have a fear of the Lord, a healthy reverential right. awe of God and being obedient right. to him. Yeah. So I think that's where the fear of the Lord, and I think Ryan Johnson had the word mm -hmm. about the fear of the Lord coming back into the church in 2020. Yes. And, and and I think it has to a degree, mm -hmm. and I think it was a true word of the Lord. He's very careful and cautious about prophesying. He is. Um, but I, yeah. I think that it really needs to just like just wash over the, the body yeah. of Christ in, in a stronger way because we're still yeah. not getting it. But there's a remnant, and that encourages me because there there is a remnant. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes back to Proverbs 11 and 1, a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. I think we have to be balanced. I think that COVID-19, like you were saying earlier, kind of woke up the prophets, I believe, the, the true prophets of God, because yes. we were so concentrated on encouraging and strengthening and, you know, equipping, you know, we were kind of putting the bad stuff behind. Because I think some prophets saw COVID-19. They saw a virus coming, but they didn't want to mm -hmm. say it because they would get talked about. They, they say, oh, you're just a rejected, angry prophet. So I believe that some prophets are afraid to release that word because they're they're afraid of the backlash, afraid of losing their platforms or, you know, their celebrity. So I think it's we're in a time right now where I think the millennials, the people that are coming up, uh, they want to hear a true word from God, like what you're doing, exposing prophetic witchcraft, uh, bringing down false prophets, you know, exposing them. I mean, I really think that that's what's needed in this hour. I truly do. Yeah, because what you were just talking about with the prophets, and I'm not trying to pick on anybody because I think I probably know a few prophets who I respect that didn't release a word as well. Yeah. But yes. it's the fear of man versus the fear of the Lord, Come on. Um, yes. you know, and so if we're afraid that we're going to lose our following because we give a hard word, then we're, yeah. we, you know, then we have to check our hearts and say, OK, Lord, get this out of me because, yes. you know, none of us are perfect. And we all, you yeah. know, I mean, you know, Jeremiah was afraid and, you know, he said, I'm just a child. I'm just a boy. And, and, right. Yeah. 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 And he had a, a really hard assignment. So, yes. you know, why do you think that believers fall 
hook, line, and sinker for prophetic witchcraft. Uh, like, why did why are they why are they falling for it? I mean, the the ba- the mates, the dates, the babies, and then they don't have the baby, and then the year later, the same prophet tells them something else, and they still believe that prophet who missed it five times before. Yeah, because it's what they want to hear. I mean, you know, the devil knows what you want. The devil knows what I want, so he can use these prophets to speak through and tell them exactly what they want. They want to they want this particular person to be their husband. Okay, well, you know, that's your husband. I, I'll tell you a good example. There was a woman of God years ago that came. She's a member of my church. She came into my office. She said, this man is my husband. I know he is. I know he is. I said, he'll never marry you. I said, he'll never marry you. So she goes and tells the congregation, pray for Providenville because he missed God on this one. But guess what? He never, he never married her, never married her. And so, I mean, the thing about it, people want to hear what they want to hear. And if you say, I, I've gotten, I have people, and I'm sure it's happened to you too, Jen. I've had people mad at me because I didn't prophesy what they wanted. In fact, <laughs> one woman, she came to me, she was like, uh, pray for my, uh, uh, for me to get this apartment. And I tried to pray for it, but God said, no, it's some things she has to get straight with me before I can bless her with that. So I still try to do it because I want to please this person years ago. And so finally I had to tell her, I said, God told me he's not going to bless you with this until you get this right, get this right, this right. She was so angry. I mean, the pastor came and got me from the back room, the host pastor. And so she's fussing at me, you know, and I said, well, I got to tell you what God says. And I think that's what has to happen. I think that's what's emerging now is people are starting to say what God is really saying, even though it's hard, even though it's difficult. Yeah. They're saying it because I think there's a yearning for authenticity. There's a yearning for truth as never before. And that's why we need to be able to discern prophetic witchcraft. Yeah, we really do. Guys, if you're just coming on the broadcast, I'm on with Prophet John Veal in Chicago, John Veal Ministries. You've got a church in Chicago as well. If you're in that area, look him up, follow him on his Facebook page. But, you know, get the book, Discerning Prophetic Witchcraft. Take the webinar at schoolofthespirit.tv. And, uh, you know, I, somebody told me that there's uh, people out there who are saying, um, well, you know, the devil's never going to prophesy to you about something good, you know, how can you say that prophet is being inspired by the devil or by a, a familiar spirit or by, you know, because the devil's never going to have nothing good, but the devil's not going to prophesy health and wealth and all these things. But I, I disagree with that. What do you I think totally of that? Disagree. I totally yeah. disagree. I mean, I think was Matthew, the fourth chapter when you tempted Jesus. I mean, he told him all kinds of good things. I'll give you yeah. everything. I'll give you all that you can see is yours. Just bow down to me. So the thing about it, yeah, I mean, the devil will tell you good things to keep you. Before I was really safe, I mean, safe for real, I used to go with my wife to Las Vegas. We gamble. And I would win. I mean, I used my prophetic. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, I literally used it to win. In fact, I saw one slot machine, and this this was not in Vegas. This was on, in Indiana. It's on the boat. And I saw one slot machine, and I heard a voice. And the voice was like, if you play this slot machine, you'll win. You'll win. Wow. And I heard that voice. And so a guy was on it. He got off. There's a whole bunch of slot machines, dollar slot machine. I go over, I put a dollar in. Guess what happens? Cha-ching. Didn't win. I didn't win. Oh, no, you didn't win. No, I didn't win. And I heard the voice again. It said, put, put, you know, play the slot machine. Oh. You know, I put one more dollar in it and I won. I mean, like okay. 300 and some dollars and I was done for the night. So the devil will bless you to keep you. He'll, 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 he'll increase you to keep you. But it's temporal. It's always something bad about it. It's always something bad that comes along with it. So it's it's a blessing and a curse. So the devil will definitely tell you good things. Absolutely. Yeah, he, he will. He will. I've seen it over and over and over again. I mean, the devil tempts us with all kind of good things. Do this and you'll be popular. Do this. I remember Joyce Meyer many years ago. I heard her on TV and she was saying, 
that um, th- there's these people that came to her, you know, 20, 30 years ago saying, well, if you do this and this and this, you know, we will put you on all these major TV platforms and whatever. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said, you can do that, but it's not my will. And right, right. your name will be uh-huh. your name will be exposed, but he said it won't uh-huh. last or you can uh-huh. wait for me to do it my way. So people have this idea, I think, that God's like a you know microwave God or something. And he's exactly. more wanting us to yeah. be conformed to the image of Christ than he is to have an extra car or, you know, a, a, a new whatever. Um, so, yeah, I gave a word this morning on my um, my my prayer broadcast and it was corrective. And after I released it, I heard myself say it and I'm like. Oh boy, you know, because it was been telling people they need to go clean up some of the things in the past. Tell people yes. some of you need to go back and make things right. Some of you need to go back and and ask for forgiveness. Some of you need to go back and tie up loose ends. And I'm hurting myself, and I'm like, oh boy. But they loved it. Why? Because mm-hmm. it they they knew that it was true, and they, right. and it, it was grace on it. There was like, and if you do that, yes. I'm going to do this. So but, even a yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. That, but that's what that's what people want. I, I mean, you can feel it in the atmosphere. You can feel it within the uh, the earth realm. They want to hear truth. They want to hear yeah. it real. They may not always like it. They, it may not always feel good. But there's a yearning for the authentic authenticity. There's the yearning for the authentic. I mean, I remember one guy. I you know he came to a church I was doing a prophetic school at in Wisconsin, and he walks in, and you know I see these spirits on him. I see a spirit of perversion, all kind of things on him. And so I didn't want to say anything to him because he's a pastor and his congregants Ooh. were there. So I said, can I talk to you afterwards? And so he said, yeah, yeah. And then the host uh, comes to me. He's, you know, uh, can I sit in on it? I said, yeah, this is your church. Of course you can. So when he comes in, make a long story short, um, he starts talking about hey, how he can't stand the people that get on his nerves, his congregants. And so I tell him as nicely as I can, I said, you're not called the pastor. And he says, I know. <laughs> he says, I'm an apostle. I said, no, you're not an apostle either. You, you're not relational. You don't even like people. And so he's <laughs> mad. His wife is there. He's upset. And so what happens, I tell him, I said, hey, look, maybe I missed God. I didn't think I did, but I was just placating. So I said, maybe I missed the Lord. Why don't you go on a sabbatical, really pray about it, see what God says to do, and you do what God says. And so then I find out like six months later that uh, the host pastor calls me. He said, guess what? I said, what? He said, you know, the guy you told he wasn't pastoring. I said, yeah. He said, well, all these members left this church. He shut down the church and he moved to another state. So, I mean, wow. it was one of the hardest words I had to give. I mean, very, very difficult. But God will put you in those arenas and those places to really speak true. Because I thought, who am I to tell him that he's not called to do anything? But God spoke it so strongly. I mean, I've met people where I've discerned that maybe they weren't that or this, but God never released me to say anything. But with that person... I felt that level of perversion and all these things. So I had, I felt an urgency to tell him because he could hurt the people, but God cleared that whole house out and stopped him even before he could decide to quit. Wow. 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 That's a hard word. That's a hard word. Yes. Uh, and you know, that's what prophet, I mean, Nathan had to go to David and give him that uh, parable and, you know, you know, about the sheep, you took the sheep, you're that man and, and, and bring that's David it. into repentance. So, Yes. You know, true prophets will give hard words. Not that's not all they give. I, I do get yes. concerned also uh, when a prophet never has anything good to say ever. Yes, be- balance. Be- because I think there is a balance, and I do think though that there are some who are predominantly going to give the hard words, like Steve Hill, mm-hmm. and he's gone on to be with the Lord. He wasn't a prophet; he was an evangelist. But he he would, I mean, he was he was he had some hard hitting stuff that he released in the body yes. of Christ. 
Um, you know, Jeremiah and Isaiah, though, even if you read their books, they had nice things to say. They prophesied Absolutely. good things. It wasn't Absolutely. all doom and gloom. It wasn't all judgment. So that's the other side is these these judgment prophets who, man, yes. I can't stand them judgment prophets. They drive me mm-hmm. crazy because they're just like sucking the life out of everybody. Everything, everything. I mean, even the scriptures talks about um, who was it? Samuel going to a, a town and they asked him, do you come in peace? Because nobody wanted to go to Samuel's prophetic conference or get on Samuel's <laughs> prophetic call. I mean, they don't want to because they knew he's going to tell it, you know, just raw. But again, it goes back to balance. And I talked to, I think I wrote an article for Elijah List where I talked about that, where it just or his charisma. I talked about how they're different prophets, you know, prophets of judgment, prophets of encouragement, prophets in the marketplace. Yes. We all have our strengths and our zones that God will for. And like me, I think I'm a prophet of encouragement that will strengthen, equip, mm-hmm. train, you know, but then they have other prophets that are just called to really speak to nation. But you know what has bothered me, Jen? I don't know if you feel the same. Is how we can allow, uh, allow uh, how prophets can be allowed to be swayed concerning pro- political preference and political Ooh, yeah. That has bothered me to know you demonize one, glorify the other. To me, it divides the country. I mean, I believe that the country is so divided based on those party lines and they say one is God and one is the devil. I just don't agree because it's evil on both parties, on both sides. It is, it is, it is yeah, evil. Absolutely. On both sides. So no side is innocent or no uh, no side is doesn't have blood on their hands. So we can't really point, well, who's the worst? Okay, the worst is the devil. I mean, come on. Well, and that's the thing, and I'm glad you brought it up. We're in this political season, and you'll see prophets out there who will, you know, uh, you know, let's go back a couple of elections ago. Um, uh, well, let's go to Hillary and Trump. And that's the, the right. one before this. You know, right. there were people who, pro- people with names, like known prophets, not like, you know, yes. just Facebook prophets only. Pro- Lord showed me Hillary would win by a lance. Known prophets, <laughs> yes, you know, yeah. and and yeah. the problem with that is, well, first of all, clearly they didn't they did not hear from the Lord because actually mm-hmm. Trump won by a landslide. I mean, yeah. it was like he won by. I mean, he won that popular vote. Mm-hmm. So you know, but then here's the thing: is where's the repentance? And this isn't prophetic right. witchcraft. That's just somebody missing it. Um, right. Maybe it was presumption because they have a bias. Um, so not everything's prophetic witchcraft. Again, there's presumptuous prophets and immature prophets. Uh, but you know, the prophecy that I always say this, the prophecy that you don't judge is the prophecy that can like really mess up your life for a little while because you're chasing after something that's not God. You're chasing maybe after an idol. Remember the scripture, I think it's in Jeremiah where the Lord said there's two places where it infers, um, you know, the Lord said, I will, I will, um, I will cause the prophet to prophesy to the idolatry in your heart. Come on. Mm. So if you want something bad enough, sometimes God will take a true prophet. The prophet doesn't even know it to mm-hmm. prophesy something that you want that bad. So you can go chase that idol. It's in Jeremiah, Ooh, I believe, or, or Ezekiel. Yeah, it freaks me that's out because I would want to be used that way. So, you know, so what, what some people true. say, well, it was a superstar prophet that prophesied this. Well, maybe mm-hmm. you had an idol in your heart and God let that prophet speak to it. Uh, it's oh, that's, scary. Good. that's good, Jen. That's good. No, I, I totally agree with that because uh, I think it's a scripture. I can't remember where it is that, that, that uh, the Lord will show you the heart. A lot of times when I prophesy, I can see the heart of someone. I can see what's in their heart, like their, their desires or whatever. You know, God will show me that. But you're right. I think what has happened as a if we look at it just as a demographic in terms of uh, uh, prophets everywhere. Sometimes they'll grab a hold of a word by somebody who's really, really popular or famous and run with it instead of spending time just getting before the Lord and asking the Lord, what are you saying? I mean, everybody can't be, you know, I mean, 
you know, I, I learned not to do that through trial and error. It's not to just go and just go with the flow. Yeah. We have to dare to be different. We have to be like Daniel and really just get before the Lord and get what he says and not just go with whatever, what, excuse me, not just go with what's popular. I agree with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's talk about this issue because I want to talk more on the break breakthrough side. Sure. Um, you know, one thing that I've noticed is when 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 you have the really I'm talking about the false prophets now, or you know, the the real prophetic controllers, the real prophetic manipulators, sure. um, the Jezebelic prophets. What I've seen, and I want to know if you've seen this, is that they will attempt to create soul ties with that person through prophesying to their insecurities, through prophesying mm-hmm. into their hurts and wounds, you know, and, and those yeah. kind of things. And then I think it's, it's very dangerous to have this, this soul tie with the prophet because then it makes you really, they're dependent on the prophet instead of God. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that kind of stuff? I mean, the real with soul ties in the prophetic? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, where they've only, almost made the prophets gods themselves, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I believe there were times when the uh, disciples would go somewhere and they would think they were gods. You know, they thought yeah. Paul was a god, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. And 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 that's what's bad. And we can't allow people to put us in that echelon to put us on that pedestal. I mean, the yeah. angels would always say when they appeared to men, appeared to people, uh, fear not, you know, or don't bow down to me, you know, get up. So I think we have to deflect any any praise for ourselves to the sun. The S-O-N, not the S-U-N, but to the sun. So I yeah. agree. Yeah, I mean, they do that a lot. They make gods of themselves. And and God, I'm sure God is not happy about that. No, we've got to point people back to Jesus. And, the, the you know, Ooh. what Apostle Ryan Lestrange said when he was on is, and we, we sort of talked about this a little bit, was how, you know, they might say Jesus, 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 you know, but, but they're not really pointing you to Jesus. You mm-hmm. know, they're sending a, a different message. I've right. seen some of these guys actually having their guys look over the back of the, the people's shoulder to see what's in their purse or their credit cards. So they can prophesy. Oh, serious? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Was it caught a big scandal with the guy that you'd, you'd know his name if I called it, but I'm not going to call it. Okay. Um, but with soul ties, I mean, you know, do you talk about soul ties in your book, Supernaturally Delivered? Or do you do you talk, do you address that at all? I think I did. I, I, you know, I, there are, I mean, if I didn't use soul ties, I'd use the reference to that. Yeah. And that, that's what ha- needs to happen. Soul ties need to be broken. They're not just in marriages. I mean, they're also in churches. I mean, you can develop soul ties with your leader. And, you know, but well, we have to be careful with that because I think, what churches have to be have to be careful of is, is becoming cults. That's where they have to be careful. Where yeah. you know the man's word or the woman's word is is more authoritative than the scriptures. I think that's what I love about the Christian church. I love that we have the Bible, so I can listen to someone preaching to me, but I can always go back to my word. But that's the problem. That's where the problem lies. Is that a lot of people are not studying the word. They're not going back to the word. They're just listening to people and taking it verbatim. I did a test in my church, and I just said statements like like popular statements that sounded like scripture but weren't. And I said, well, is this in the Bible? And some People say, yeah, it's in a no, it's not. Wow. You know, so I mean, there, there's there, that's what we just really need to study. We need really need to focus. We need, really need to get back to the Bible, get back to those principles, back to those concepts and precepts, and get them for ourselves instead of just depending on someone else. Someone else. Yeah, it's bad. What do you What do you think? I mean, do you think so? You mentioned that somebody laid hands on you and you had to shake off a spirit. You know, wrestle that. You know, get just to, you know, you didn't have a demon, but it was on you. It could be on you or it could be in you. Yes. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, impartations and what would somebody do 
practically because you have a you you have you know your authority you you know your anointing you're a mature believer there's a lot of people that are just coming into the prophetic coming into you know charismatic churches you know walk them through this like almost like a self-deliverance if they've received like an impartation from like a false prophet sure well first of all you know you really need to discern first of all you know, if God is telling you, don't do like I did. I just went on anyway. I'm testing God, which I was totally wrong. I repent right now. But don't do like I did and just go ahead, just seeing if this, this is going to really happen. You have to even do that on Facebook uh, uh, lives. You have to be careful with who you just jump on. You may want to be entertained or laugh about it. But spirits can be imparted even through those lives. Spirits can be imparted by books. I have a chapter in uh, Supernatural Delivered where I talk about uh, cursed books and cursed objects. And I talk about one where I knew this. Well, I'm going to leave that alone. But anyway, (laughs) get the book if you want to read about that. But yeah, yeah. What I did was I just prayed against it. I just I just really, really came against that spirit, uh, whatever was on me, because I felt like it was on me. It's like a heaviness. It was like unrest. I felt irritable. I felt angry. I was like, what is this? But I made the mistake of letting the person lay hands on you. Just because someone prophesies to you, they don't have to lay hands on you. I trained uh, our deliverance team. I had them doing this before COVID. I didn't know anything about COVID, but I told them to stop laying hands on people and just speak deliverance. Speak deliverance because I think some people just laying hands and people falling and they think that's, no, I want you to speak it without touching them. So a lot of times we have to discern. We have to listen to the voice of God. If God is telling you, not to allow the person to lay hands on you. Don't let them lay hands on you. If God is telling you not to go to a prophet, uh, a specific prophetic conference, a particular prophetic conference, don't go. If God is warning you, because God, you know, God will tell you before you even get there. If you're listening, a lot of times people, when they're praying, they're not listening. And we have to take time to listen to what God is saying and then heed his instructions will be okay. Yeah. And that's the thing is I really believe God always warns us and we're just not sensitive to the warning. Yes. We're just not sensitive to the warning. So, you know, talk to me a little bit more about, um, you know, your book, Supernaturally Delivered, like sort of what, what are the kind of issues that people can expect to learn from from that book? Well, that book comes from uh, my childhood. If they if they had a chance to watch Sid Ross's Supernatural, it really gives a good in-depth uh, view, a shortened view, about a half an hour that of what I went through as a kid, how there was all this demonic activity and all these things I could not uh, understand. Uh, my mother and I played a Ouija board and and uh, it opened up portals within the family, within the house that we had to deal with for years, you know, and we had to get those doors shut. So what my book does is in super, what it does in Supernaturally Delivered, it shows you how to shut those doors, how to uh, get rid of demonic influence. It has prayers, prophecies and decrees against uh, uh, forces that will help you even through this pandemic, even through what's going on right now in the back of the book. But it's a, I, I believe it's a really good book in terms of of telling a story, but then equipping with teaching uh, anybody that's interested in deliverance. I also talk yeah. about prophetic deliverance as well. Yeah, and I think it's 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 really critical. The book Supernaturally Delivered. I would say you know get both these books because what you're going to find mm-hmm. some of you is that you've been you know in a church where you've you've come under the spirit of control, and it's not that you have a spirit of control. It's that there your, your soul. I mean, there's other demons that that come you know, and associate themselves with you when you submit to something that's false. You mm-hmm. open yourself up to all kinds of demon powers when you submit yeah. to to essentially someone who's operating in a demonic power. And yes. so, you know, a lot of times you don't, you don't, you come out of these situations of being either aligned with a false prophet or sowing into a false prophet or, you know, just hooked on their Facebook lives. 
where when God shows you, now there's like collateral damage. Like what kind of damage do you think it can do to somebody that's been like really aligned or been sowing into, or you know, they're connected to somebody that's really false? Uh, mm-hmm. What kind of damage do you think that can do? Or what kind of demons do you think that they can walk away with? A tremendous ones because uh, <laughs> their whole focus becomes becomes the person. It's not God. Their focus is not on God. We can never make man our God. We can never make woman our God. We've got to stay focused on Jesus. Uh, just like Peter walking on the water. Uh, when he took his eyes off Jesus, he started to go down. So whenever we take our eyes off the Lord, we're going to start to go down. And the thing about it is that pray, you know, you need to pray about who you sow into. And, and I believe that a lot of people that get up and, and, you know, I think I read the book years ago. It says you don't have to worry about judging someone. They'll judge themselves by what comes out of their mouths. I think it's by Ed Dufresne. So the thing about it is that what you need to do with wherever you are, listen to the person, because pretty soon they'll expose themselves by their words. If they're always wow. talking about money and like you talk about the prophet looking behind in the pocketbook and all that, that tells you everything you need to know. If it's always about money, you need to give, give, give. Uh, then there's something wrong. If it's unnatural, oh, it's their birthday, you got to give. It's their anniversary, you got to give. It's their this. You, I mean, every time you look around, they giving, 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 giving. That's where you're just being abused. But I think that's very, very important if if you, for the person to keep their eyes on God, because that way you can't get deceived. If you're listening to God and keeping your eyes on God, you're going to be OK. The man can do a man, or woman or leader can do whatever they want to do. The thing about it, you'll get a download from the spirit. God will say, hey, look, don't give you to this or leave this church or go here, or go there. We just really need to listen. Like you said, they're not really listening to the Lord in these cases. They really need to, when they pray again, get quiet. If you pray for an hour, talk for 30 minutes and listen for 30 minutes. That's a problem because a lot of people are not hearing God because they're just not listening. God told me years ago, he said, I'm talking to my people. They're just not listening. So take time in prayer to listen to what God says and you can't go wrong. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I believe that if God tells you, okay, you know, Jennifer, this ministry is not healthy. This ministry has an error. Um, this ministry is is off. And you ignore that, like you heard the Lord say it, and you ignore that, that yeah. deception that's on them comes over you basically given it a green light. Come and on. then sometimes, yeah, it is good. I, I've, I saw that. I've seen, you've seen people where the intercessors in the church, they know the church is off. And they say, well, the Lord told me to stay and pray. And 10 years later, they're still there praying yes. and, and nothing has changed. Nothing. You know, I always tell them, you, you can pray outside the church, honey. You don't have to sit, sit in that error because that error is going to come up over you. So I, I think sometimes people that have sat under uh, false prophets, um, I think they have a lot. They lose their identity because um, yeah. they, their identity is now in them. I think they maybe can, can have a spirit of perversion. Yes. Um, they could have a spirit of error. Um, and so it's a really dangerous thing for you spiritually to, to, you know, even like you said, with the Facebook live videos, I mean, there's these, these guys out there and they're saying all kind of stuff. It's air, it's perversion. Um, it's twisting the word and this is now renewing your mind to a lie. So right. now you don't discern the truth and the false because you've already believed the lie, which is now renewing your mind where, you know, the Lord's word's supposed to renew your mind. So it is extremely, yeah. extremely dangerous. Yeah. That's real. I agree totally with what you're saying. I've seen that time. I've seen people leave a church and say, I'm going to go train on the in the prophetic at this church. But the person, the people they go to, they if, if it's I say it like this, if it's not in the head, if the prophetic is not in the head of that church, it's not going to be in the body. So you'll go there. just. Spend your 
and nothing happens. And she was there for years and he still never excelled in the prophetic. It wasn't her fault. It's just that the head did not want the prophetic. And there are churches today that can't stand the prophetic. They'll prophesy, but yet every chance they get, every interview they're on, they'll badmouth the prophetic, say how terrible it is and X, Y, Z. We've got to eat the whole scroll. We've got to eat everything. We've got to get take everything in, you know, everything within scripture, all the fivefold, all these ministries, we've got to be able to take in instead of just picking and choosing what we like. Again, it goes back to the Burger King mentality. <laughs> it really does. Well, you know, John Veal's book is called Supernaturally Delivered. Somebody was asking, I've said it a few times now, some of you might have to go back and listen again because we're about to we're about to leave the broadcast in a couple of minutes. But uh, my book is Discerning Discerning Prophetic Witchcraft. You can see it there on the screen. I would, Destiny Image published both these books. I would say get them both because if you've been, uh, you know, under prophetic witchcraft and you've not discerned it, chances are you are believing a lot of lies and there's some kind of deliverance you're going to need. And uh, there's 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 portals over your life that need to be shut uh, and lies that need to be exposed. So get his book, Supernaturally Delivered. Get the book, get, get the webinar, go to schoolofthespirit.tv, get that webinar as well. Uh, listen to the replay if you're just coming in. I want everybody right now to do, 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 do somebody a favor and share this broadcast right now. Just share it in your group, share it on your timelines. And um, uh, I want to ask you to pray in just a minute. But did you have anything else I didn't ask you about that you wanted to share? I'm just, I say get your book because I, I think this is an awesome book. It's, it's a book for these times. I mean, we need to discern prophetic witchcraft as never before because there's so much of it going around. There's so much of it being spewed on Facebook. There's so much of it being spewed over the airways, over print. We have to really be careful. We need a good book, a great book like this, like Jen's book, Discerning Prophetic Witchcraft, to help you navigate through all this mess, all the hoopla, all the false. So I really strongly encourage you to get this book. It's really a great one. <laughs> You're such a good guy. I really appreciate you. Can you can you um, just pray over the people and maybe break some of those prophetic words, you know, teach them, model to them, you know, to pray? Because a lot of these people, they're saying, hey, I've got, how do I break this stuff now? I, I, I think maybe it's not real. Um, can you just sort of pray and just, you know, do whatever? Absolutely. Absolutely. Father God, we just come before you. We thank God for this broadcast. We thank you for what Jennifer is doing, how you put that in her spirit to do, to really help people see and discern prophetic witchcraft. Father God, I just ask right now that you open the eyes of those that are blinded, that cannot see it, even in their own ministries that they cannot see or don't want to see it. Father, let them realize when prophetic witchcraft is going on around them, going uh, being spoken to them, Father God, let them discern and hear your voice as never before. I bind every devil, every demonic assignment, every Jezebel, which we know hates the prophetic and apostolic, for them to be exposed in this season as never before. We just speak right now that these people that are watching, that are watching right this instance, Father God, that they are able to hear and see the true voice of God, to be able to recognize the authentic, the real prophets that will speak a word in season, that will encourage and strengthen them and warn and challenge them. Father God, I bind every spirit in the name of Jesus. I close every portal. First, we kick out any demonic uh, activity, any demons that have, are already in the door. We kick them out of the house and we speak supernatural deliverance right now and supernatural vision to see as never before, especially at a time like this. So I speak and I bless each and every person watching this, even on the replay, the anointing and oil will still be on it and they will get set free and delivered in Jesus name. We pray. Amen. And amen.
Amen and amen. And guys, if 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 uh, Prophet John Veal's ministry has blessed you, get the book, but sow into his ministry as well. What's your cash app? I, I don't usually do oh. this, but I feel led to do it. What's oh. your cash app? Uh, I'm going to write this down. Oh, dollar sign. John Veal Men, M-I-N. Sense for John Veal Ministries. John Veal Men, M-I-N. Dollar sign John Veal Men. Thank you so much. Yeah, Appreciate so that. into him, you know. He's a tremendous man of God. He's got integrity. Uh, We've been knowing each other for a long time and he's always straight up. You can always count on to tell you the truth. He's a, he's a good guy. And uh, prophet John, thank you for being on the broadcast today. I hope we do this again soon. Thank you. Apostle. I really enjoyed being with you. Thank you. All right. See you guys share this before you get off. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can visit me online at jenniferleclair.org or sow into Operation Liberation, our missions arm, at jenniferleclair.org slash missions. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.